0: Bonds, hit
1: it high! It's back just baseball show wednesday may 4th that's arm Layton. i'm peter apple i have been sick the past couple days i haven't been on not gambling advice i haven't been on the just baseball show and i haven't been able to talk shop with my guy arm layton today we got a mailbag. let's do it. questions from instagram and our twitter on twitter at just bb media on instagram at just baseball show what's up dude it's nice to see you it's it's May good to 4th. see you
0: with, with some color on your face and yes. uh, and hear your voice uh, not sound just like, hi, what's up? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was one of those 48-hour guys, right? You you feel you look good, you sound good, feel good. 48-hour
1: bug. I think I ate something weird. I've just been in pain in my stomach, and even my picks have suffered as a result. <laughs> we were on an absolute heater, went two and two on the day that I was really sick, one and two on the day that I was pretty sick, and now I wasn't sick. As we're talking on Tuesday, this is going to be released Wednesday. I'm feeling good, so hopefully the picks go that way as well. But we have a mailbag today, but it is also that weird day in the calendar where May the Fourth, Star Wars. When you when you grow up, were you a Star Wars guy? No, not at all. Really, I was a huge Star Wars guy. Were really, you anything science fiction at all? Because that was it was always Star Wars and Marvel for me. Those have been my. All right, now that I turn off the game if I've one thing that I'm going to watch that has nothing to do with sports, it was always that. I loved Batman. I love Batman. That. Batman. I probably saw like all,
0: all of the, anything But And Scooby-Doo was like my mm. number one. I know that's off like kilter. I loved whenever I was sick all day, Scooby-Doo all day, like that was really? my thing. I don't what know. About Scooby-Doo. I, love, I don't, I love dogs. I, <laughs> lo- I don't know. It's funny. I didn't even think about that till recently. I was like, I used to love Scooby-Doo. Like, I still have stuffed animals and stuff like that, like in my closet, stowed away of Scooby-Doo. But for whatever reason, science fit. I don't know why. I know you were never a Pokemon guy. I never got into Pokemon. I used to like Star Wars, never got too into it. Um,
1: But yeah, Scooby-Doo. We just got into baseball and sports so early. And I know for the same thing for you, Jack always makes fun of me about this, but we're just not huge pop culture guys because we never got the opportunity to do so because we just weren't that interested in it. That's why we host a podcast and we're about to answer a bunch of questions about baseball because that's what we love to talk about. Yeah, even like my nerdy like niche collecting. It was it was. Baseball vintage
0: baseball like vintage <laughs> baseball cards like for for my 12th birthday it was my dad giving me like a Tris speaker card it's like everyone's like what's wrong with your son that's what he wants for his birthday
1: and the only collection that i made i mean obviously i had my baseball cards but another collection i guess that i had i collected pennants like i have a yeah. bunch of pennants um back in my house back in california but that's really all that i Kind of did. It was just all baseball. And that's why we are pretty one-sided, but this is the side that we're pretty good at. And that's talking baseball. So again, these questions were asked on our Twitter and on our Instagram. And you can see all the questions in the episode link description with the tags. So question number one, Aram. What are your favorite examples of random MLB players who own a certain franchise asked by at real Eli on Twitter. This is a good one because I wrote an article on just baseball.com called who's your daddy. It's probably one of the lists, first
0: articles like ever.
1: One of the first articles. <laughs> I always find it so interesting, which player crushes, Another player, which team dominates a player, which player dominates that team. And it's just out of nowhere. And I think this got sparked, of course, because of the Just Baseball cheat game, a.k.a. Eric Fetty against the Marlins. (laughs) He's had this unbelievable under two ERA type career against the Miami Marlins. While in reality, his ERA is closer to a six, but against the Marlins, he's Cy Young. Who's another example of a guy who you thought you just couldn't imagine that he actually dominated this team? So uh, well, I want to first give, give a
0: nod to our advisor, Jeff Conine, who made I, – and I know a lot of people hit well in course. What Jeff Conine did to Coors was was criminal, but he also did it at, at home against the Rockies too. So I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Jeff. He hit – and this was in 66 starts, so 74 appearances against the Rockies, 295 plate appearances. Jeff slashed 376 448, 684 against the Rockies with 16 homers and 63 driven in in 66 starts. He's averaging like an RBI game against the Rockies. Like that is nasty, absolutely nasty. That so I had to sweet. give a shout out to Jeff on that one.
1: And, and do you have do you have any other ones, or is that is that your main one?
0: No. So my modern current player one. Uh, Jeff's going to be so mad that I didn't call him a modern player. Uh, The current player (laughs) is uh, Kyle Schwarber. Dude, Kyle Schwarber absolutely owns the Mets. Nine home runs in 10 games against the Mets last year. Remember that streak that he was on? That was all against the Mets. And then you and I were, were, were just at the game where, unfortunately, the Phillies got no hit. But later in the series, Schwarber ends up hitting a home run against them, starts to get it going again. And I was thinking, I was like, what has he done? against the Mets. 320-409-746/line, 16 homers in 33 games for Kyle Schwarber. 16 homers in 122 at-bats. That's insanity. He owns the Mets.
1: He owns the Mets and I encourage you guys because I wrote the article and it's it's one player on every team and who they dominate and vice versa so it has all listed out so if you're worried that your favorite team isn't on here I guarantee you it's in the article so I chose a different that's not in that article because I just love doing this Adam Wainwright has a 10 and 15 record with a 529 ERA in his career against the Reds I don't know why he could be a Hall of Fame pitcher one day, probably won't be, but it will be in that level of conversation. He has a career ERA around three, but against the Cincinnati Reds of all team, 5.29 ERA. On the other side, Aroldis Chapman has given up one run since 2016 against the Orioles in over 31 innings of Uh, Innings pitched. And then my last one, this is a current one that's still progressing. And he pitches on Tuesday. So you'll be hearing this episode on Wednesday. So you'll see if this trend is still continuing. But Alec Manoa against the Yankees, Alec Manoa has dominated them through first 19 and a third innings, he's given up three earned runs to give him a one ERA against them in his first start ever in the big leagues. Normally, a rookie pitcher might struggle in their first, you know, outing in, in the major leagues. But Alec Manoa threw six innings, two hits, seven Ks against the New York Yankees. We were talking pre-record. You had a great point about his intensity that he's going to bring to every Yankee start.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, you know it when... When you're a player that's the types of players, I think, that have like that fire in them, you pitch against the Yankees. It, it brings it out a little bit. I, I don't care what people say. You see the pinstripe 60 feet, six inches from you. You level up, especially if you're pitching in Yankee Stadium. And then you brought up a good point. That, I mean, what's Manoa's best pitch? A slider. What do many of these Yankees power hitters flail at? The slider, like you pointed out. If I had to pick the worst matchup for Stanton, I don't know what what his numbers are against Manoa. I'd assume they're bad. Um, And yeah, but Manoa is a fiery dude. There's already a little bit of that back and forth that we've seen between the two teams. I love watching Manoa pitch against the Yankees because you see him get even more intense. I know you hate it, but like from a, baseball fun baseball fan standpoint
1: it. it's sweet absolutely it's, it's sweet. sweet it's it, awesome i would never uh, of course my yankee fandom can get in the way and we're like well i don't want alec Manoa to pitch well but, but you can the appreciate a baseball it. it's awesome and i love when they face each other number two this is an interesting one because i think you can take it a couple of different ways are they surprising you by how good they are are they surprising you by how terrible they are <laughs> so the question is who's a player that surprised you guys the most so far through the first month of the season, asked by Cy. Ingersoll on Instagram. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I'll, I'll go first. So I took a sneak peek at yours, and
0: I honestly didn't even realize how bad he was doing. So I'm excited for you to get into that. I'll right. go quick on a positive. Uh, I got I gotta shout out to Eric Cosmer. Uh, Pride of Broward County, uh, you know, down, down where I grew up. He's a legend, you know, just because he was such a good high school player. Obviously, a great big league player, but it's been a disaster over the last few years. The narrative was, you know, what, what are we going to do with Hosmer? There was talk that the, the Padres were literally going to pay the Mets to take him. They ultimately decided to hold on to him, and Hosmer has not only been great; he's been one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball so far. I know it's only 21 games. Who knows how it's going to go? Uh, but I mean, he has been unbelievable. Three eighty-two, four forty-seven, five seventy-nine slash line, Peter. It's a two hundred WRC plus. I mean, I don't, I don't expect it to continue the entire year, but I'm floored at how good. I mean, he hasn't had a stretch this good probably since Kansas City, I, I would venture to
1: say. Maybe all the noise that we were talking shit about him got to his head. <laughs> or maybe he's out to Everybody. start that we, you know, we can't really quantify right now because it's just like, yeah, it's Eric Cosmer. He's hitting right now, but will this continue? My thing was with Eric Cosmer, you know, do you think it's going to continue? <laughs> I don't know how, what a better word, how to... Do- word that better i mean do you think it's going to continue my no well first first yeah. of all like no
0: to a degree no like because you look his ground ball rate actually went up um so he, he's not getting the ball in the air what i will say though is he's hitting the, he's, he's hitting the ball hard
1: like when That's he's flying it up he's hitting it hard so is it like 700 <laughs> is his babbitt like 700 that is
0: a good question actually let me see 426
1: <laughs> <Yeah. But laughs> so it
0: makes sense I will say this. I think it continues in the respect that he will be a serviceable player. Like, I think he's going to be better than he was last year. Uh, But, you know, 2020, he was a 128 WRC plus guy. So, like, I think he can still be something close to that, something decent. I don't think he's going to be the best hitter in Major League Baseball. Uh, So, I think he'll taper off. But I do think he's made some marginal improvements. And, I mean, that's good news for the Padres.
1: It is good news for the Padres. Especially with Void out. Yeah, exactly. He he. not only, Eric Hosmer not only looks serviceable, but he looks pretty good. And I don't think he's going to hit 350, 400 for the year, but I could see him putting up a respectable year and really having a bounce back type year in that sense. My biggest surprise is how bad Marcus Semien has been for yeah. the Rangers. I mean, one of the worst overall hitters in baseball, and that's not hyperbole one of the worst hitters in baseball when you look at wrc plus he's in the bottom 10 in baseball this guy finished top three in mvp voting last year he hit over 40 home runs the most by a second baseman in MLb history and now he has zero home runs through 98 plate appearances so far slashing 149 224 207 slugging and aram this isn't right now a case of oh he's hitting the ball hard just you know, getting unlucky. He's putting the ball in the air and and things will work itself out for him. You see the savant page. I bet you got it pulled up right now and you're seeing icicles, not just blue, icicles. It's, 50%, it's single, digits. Lower, single, single digits. Single digits and all this stuff. Yeah. And he's not even playing a good defensive position at, at second base either. This guy is 31 years old. He's not a 27-year-old who's off to a rough start. He's a 31-year-old. I'm not willing to press the panic button i'm not but there hasn't been anything so far that tells me oh he's gonna be totally fine the expected stats anything you i test watching the rangers he's having bad at bats everything's on the ground no power still fast and he's not playing a good defensive shortstop this could be worrisome i just don't it's hard because i don't I, I'm trying to evaluate him better, but I don't really have anything to work off right now. Do you? It's just, it's just been bad. It's just, he's just not hitting the ball hard. It, honestly, yeah. like it,
0: it, to me, it looks like he's almost playing through something, right? Like, like he's hurt. Um, yeah. I, I just don't know because. That's what it is. That's what it feels like to me because it's not, he just doesn't look the same. He just doesn't look right. So, I mean, it's weird. He's 31. Like you said, like you it's not like he's, it's his 36th birthday and he's, tapering off. I, he's coming off of a, a phenomenal year and a year before that, where he was great as well. I, I'm not, like you said, I'm not going to slam the panic button. He's still running well in 90th percent sprint speed. Uh, again, like he's not chasing and whiffing an egregious amount, which I'd almost wish he was because then you just say, okay, he's exactly. just a little bit over aggressive. new contract, trying to do too much, blah, blah, blah. But it's that's not, not the case. His I whiff know. rates and chase rates are pretty normal. It's just (laughs) not impacting the baseball at all.
1: That's the concern. That's just the concern. And I'm sorry if that's not good enough analysis. If you're listening, I don't know what to tell you. He's just not hitting the ball. I don't know if it's injury. We haven't heard anything. We're just worried. Yeah. Or Kasemian. Watch. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Let's move on to some breakout guys. Question number three, whose 2022 breakout do you buy the most between Kyle Wright, Jesus Lizardo or Eric Lauer asked by Teddy dot Nekowitz on Instagram arm, Kyle, Wright, Jesus Lizardo or Eric Lauer D all the above. There's no wrong answer there. So
0: I'll try to answer this one, but it's funny to me because there's almost like a different answer within it all. Like, Lizardo to me has the highest ceiling of, of the trio, right? Like, just just in terms of there's only one guy on this list that there is a lefty who throws 99 with a curveball that has the best whiff rate uh, or top three whiff rate in, in the league. But Lauer has looked absolutely unbelievable and has seen his VLO tick up a mile per hour and a half. And Kyle Wright, I just wrote a whole thing, as we've talked about on here, about how sold I am on his adjustments thus far. Uh, I would lean. That's tough. Like that. I think they're all going to be, I think they're all going to sustain a level of their performance. So I want to preface with that. I lean either Lauer or Lizardo just off of the fact that, I mean, these guys get the whiffs and bunches right now. They get the whiffs uh, like when we're talking about top of the line, I just don't know if Lauer is going to be able to get sustained 40 plus whiff rate on, on a fastball. Like he has this year. Uh, I don't know if that's going to continue. Lazardo, I hope that he can continue with the command. That's my only concern. But the curveball has been phenomenal. And right, you know, he has been able to maximize and be pinpoint. But again, another guy that I wonder about the command. I'm gonna go. I think the safest pick is Lauer. I think the safest pick is Lauer because I don't think he'll bottom out. But I think Wizardo has a chance to be the best of the bunch, uh, but I'm buying all of them. If, if that, I know that's a cop-out, but I'm buying all of them.
1: No, there. Uh, that's not a cop-out because, I mean, what are we going to say that we don't buy a breakout <laughs> that we don't believe in? I mean, we believe in all of these guys and um, we've talked so much about, hey, Wizardo we had him on the just baseball show. And you wrote an article about Kyle Wright. We've been all over Kyle Wright. So I want to take this time to just talk about Eric Lauer for yeah. a second, because Eric Lauer has made tangible adjustments. Now that he's 26 years old. Remember, this was a first round pick Eric Lauer and Luis Arias were traded for Trent Grisham. Now who's, what kind of trade is that? Because at first it was seeing, Oh yeah, the Padres crushed that. They got Trent Grisham. He looks mm-hmm. like this also type level outfielder Luis Arias. You might rather have him than Trent Grisham and Eric Lauer is the prize. Not only arm is Eric Lauer throwing a full mile an hour harder, But the great thing is he's using his fastball different. You can see that the usage is down. That slider that did so well for him last year, he's now using it 21% of the time, up from 12% last year. So he took his best off-speed pitch. He's throwing it more, and it's elite. The fastball, he's throwing a little bit less, and it's coming in harder. And then all the other off-speed pitches are working well off it. Think about it. If I told you just a blind resume, because Eric Lauer, in all actuality, looks like a really boring guy. Kind of looks like a go-gurt, if you think about it. I mean, just like a little white guy, you know, the fourth pitcher in Milwaukee. He's not the sexiest name. Like Eric Lauer is not very sexy when you hear that either. Just a guy named Eric. I mean, I don't know. But when I just give you the resume, if I told you I have a first-round guy who's 26 years old throwing 94 to 95, nobody can hit his best off-speed pitch, and then his other best off-speed pitch is pretty good, the command is ticking up, maybe he's not going to get this 44% whiff rate on the fastball all year, and maybe he's not going to have a 1.93 ERA, but the reality of the fact is that since 2020, Eric Lauer has a better ERA then Zach Wheeler, Garrett Cole, Robbie Ray, Clayton Kershaw, so many high marquee names. It is only in 132 innings. That's the thing. It hasn't been a ton of innings yet, but from those innings, I really believe it. And it's not a trio in Milwaukee. It's a, what's a, what's the name for a four? It's a, It's it's a quadruple. Yeah. That's not the right word. It's I know. A, it's a quadrant a five would no, be quintuple. Yeah. I, but I know it's, it's four guys it's that are good. It's, it's square.
0: square. <laughs> it's four dudes that are good. It, 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 yeah. But also the slider, uh, a little bit of like building on that. I love that he's, you know, I love seeing him use that pitch more, obviously, because that's been a, a really good offering for him kind of phasing out the the cutter a little bit as well. Uh, and the slider has more sweep now. So he's, he has a little bit more going on with that uh, and then using all of the secondaries too. So when your fastball ticks up and then you have a slider that's improved and then you can mix in a curveball and the occasional changeup, like you got to be really amped about what you're seeing from Eric Lauer. And it's not like he's doing this in some organization that has a no ability to develop pitching, right? Like this is a, an organization that continues to squeeze the most out of their pitchers. And I think Lauer is the latest addition. And like you said, He's 26. This isn't a guy that's 32 uh, that's yeah. having a little flash in the pan. This is a guy that may have actually figured it out. Same thing with Kyle Wright. He's about 26. Same thing with Lizardo. He's 25 or might still be 24. So it's like you you have these young guys that still are in a cha- an opportunity to make these tweaks. Have all have first round pedigree. By the way, I know Lizardo wasn't a first round pick, but he got first round bonus money out of high school. Like These are all first round guys, quote unquote, and they have the talent. Now they're squeezing it out. I'm sold on all of them, and I, I like. I don't even think it's a cop out. I think it's the best answer we can give because it's like, Yo, that's good news. Why? That's we good news. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, no.
1: if we could poke hole. I mean, we just believe in all these guys. I believe yeah. in Luzardo. I believe in Kyle Wright. And the other reason we st- decided to focus on Eric Lauer in this episode is because we've talked so much, so much about, about the how other much guys. We believe in the, in, uh, in Jesus Luzardo, and then you even wrote an article about Kyle Wright. We've spent multiple episodes so far talking about Kyle Wright. So we'll move on to the fourth. Question and this one was recently asked, it was a new addition, and it's because Miguel Sano just hit the il tearing his meniscus, no timetable for return. So this new question is is pretty pertinent. The twins right now have a log jam at first base. I want to know what you think they should do. Sano is on the IL. They have Arias playing first base. Miranda can play first base. And Kirloff, who is in AAA, is really a first baseman. Asked by WadeWald08 on IG. I'm going to throw that over to you because not only are you the mega 2022 Twins truther, but you're also <laughs> the person who found Jose Miranda when he was five years old.
0: <laughs> I love that. Um, no, I appreciate the, the toss over because I was okay, unfortunate to see Sano go down like that, especially in a celebration. That's not the way I want to see Jose Miranda get called up, but I'm amped to see Jose Miranda get called up, and uh, I think he's going to be an upgrade for them. I really do. But I I have a question for you, Peter, because I'm looking at it this way: Arias is is just he's a bat ball machine. You want to have that guy in your lineup because they have so much power. Otherwise, uh, is Gio Ursula really a guy that needs to be in the lineup every single day at third base?
1: I don't think so. Sorry. I told you after the scene, do you remember when we did like that Yankees recap and I was just getting so pissed off about Yankees losing the wild card? And I went off about Gio Urshela. And it's not that I think Gio Urshela is a bad player. I just don't think he is a starting caliber third baseman on a playoff team. The position is too good. First of all, position's too good. He is an overrated defender in my eyes. I think he's a good defender. Mm -hmm. I think he could possibly be a great defender. But he's not an all-world defender. So it's not, you have to have an all-world type glove to make sense for the bat to be in that premium type of position. And it's not. He caught flash in a pan with the Yankees, with the Guardians and the Blue Jays, like he was never really a hitter, caught flash with the Yankees, then teetered off. And then ever since he's teetered off, he's not been that great of a bat. I don't think he should be playing third for a team that should be in playoff contention. No. I agree. So that's why
0: I wanted to lead with that because I think he should still have a good role with the team. He can play a good third. He can fill in here and there. He can play all over, but I think Miranda should be getting some starts at third. He should be getting some starts at first. And I think you should use some of that defensive versatility that Arias and Miranda have both are not good defenders, but at least they're capable of playing multiple positions. So kind of move them around, disguise them in different positions. I would prefer Miranda at first, but right now, if you want to keep Mar- uh, Arias in the lineup, you're probably gonna have to put Miranda at third and and Arias at first, which you know that that could hurt the defense a little bit. But I'm okay with that when you have Buxton in center, Correa at short, who you know all, that's an all-world defender right there. He's pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's and, all right. <laughs> and Kepler and the rest of the the rest of the defense is is fine enough. That's how I feel about it because personally, I don't know if Ur- Urshela should really be in the lineup every single day and the way Arias is hitting uh, you, you probably got to stick him in there. So I, I want to get Miranda, the ABs though. Cause dude, he is good. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. Uh, he is a really, really
1: exciting offensive piece that I think can give you more production than Sano has been giving you. I think that's the main point of this. We want Jose Miranda and Alex Kirloff getting way more at bats than Miguel Sano and Gio Urshela. Yep. However you want to slice that, We are not the manager of the twins. We're not the GM of the twins. What we know is we want to see more Jose Miranda and more Alex Kirloff and way less Miguel Sano and just a little bit less of Giorgela. Yes. But way less Miguel Sano. Uh, (laughs) Miguel Sano, I don't mean to pile on. I know you got injured. I'm sorry, brother. Hope you come back well. But there's the reality of the situation. You are a two true outcome guy and you're not walking. (laughs) Yeah, these two two true outcomes. Those, that's
0: really exciting. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think Miranda will help them big time. So I'm excited to see how they
1: how they get him some consistent A Bs. Question number five. Do you think the Phillies will figure it out and make a push for the division? <laughs> Asked by at Bryce underscore Palm95 on Twitter. Aram, here, let me let me just do this for you. I'm just going to give you where the Phillies right now rank in terms of in a bunch of different stats, and then you could take it from there. Hitting, we know about the offense. They're eighth in average, they're 10th in OBP, fourth in OPS, they're sixth in home runs. Starting pitching, we knew it was going to be a little bit of a struggle. 21st in ERA, 16th in whip, 17th in K per nine. Relief pitchers, they're 23rd in ERA, they're 24th in whip, and they're 26th in hits per nine. Isn't that kind of exactly what we thought was going to happen? That the offense was going to be great. We know they're going to bang. And I really think that this could be a top five offense when it's all said and done. Starting pitching, inconsistent. And we saw firsthand when Aaron Nola was pitching for the Phillies. No wonder the X fit is so high. The Phillies cannot play defense here, people. And then the relief options in the bullpen, they're not very good. So, Aram, when I think about the Phillies – I'm still on this same feeling of I wouldn't want to take their over on wins because this team is too polarizing. But then also I know that they could make moves at the deadline, but we've said it before. They're right up against the tax threshold. Do they want to pay it? We'll see. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they do, but I think that they do. So what do we do with the Phillies? I think they're going to finish third, and I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. That's where I'm at right now.
0: I, and I mean, dude, I, with the way the Marlins' pitching has looked too, it, you know, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to finish ahead of the Phillies, but they're definitely not going to roll over and give the Phillies automatic wins like the Nationals. So it's going to be three, or two, or three games difference, I think. And so now you're dealing with the, the Mets, the Braves, and the Marlins, who are you know going to definitely be difficult on a lot of your games. We saw how bad the defense was first firsthand. It was it was rough to watch that team out there. And then I went again on Sunday and. I'm watching Schwarber, like, unable to cut balls off in the gap. You know, like, those are little things that in the grand scheme of a 162-game season will continue to cost you wins and continue to cost you wins and continue to cost you wins, and, and that's what I'm worried about. Like, the, you mentioned it. They could make moves. Their system has has gone from one of the worst to improving slightly in terms of trade pieces because, you know, their last two first-round picks, Mick Abel and, and Andy Painter, have been phenomenal uh, and, and probably are – you know, well inside top 100 guys by the time we do the mid-season update. Stott's still a good piece. Boom is swinging it. Like you mentioned, the offense, I I think right now is even underperforming. I think it could be better. Exactly. I think it will be literally
1: are. It by literally the numbers will... too, by all the expected numbers, all that. They'll be better. They are even underperforming and they've been doing well. They are a great offense, but, no doubt.
0: But you can't win that way, man. Like you've probably, you've seen some Yankee teams that were all offense That's and what I've honestly saying. kind of built pretty similar, right? How many Yankee That's teams have we see? with questionable pitching, amazing offense,
1: and questionable defense. Just think about this, Phillies fans. From a Yankee guy to a Philly guy, like, I don't have anything against you. Think about this. I have been so upset at the way the Yankees have formulated these teams, and all of these teams have done nothing. Yes, we've made the playoffs, but we lose in the wildcard game. We lose in the the divisional series. And you know why? Because it's all based around big bats that once they get going, it's unstoppable to stop them, but once they aren't, they're inept. The starting pitching can be inconsistent. The Yankees defense was never that good to help shoulder the load. And the Yankees always had a better bullpen than the Phillies have always had. So right now you are just approaching what those Yankee teams have done that never could actually get over the hump. And you're not even there yet. That's how I feel about the Phillies. I'm just watching a little bit worse of Yankees teams that already failed. (laughs) And and beyond like to build off of that, it's
0: baseball, bro. Like, as you know, there's no matter how loaded your offense is, there's going to be days where the offense doesn't show up. There's going to be days where the Dodgers offense doesn't show up. Right.
1: We watch the Phillies just get no hit. Yes. But if the offense doesn't show they're, up, they're toast. they almost have no chance. of winning. They're toast. No chance. No chance. That's the thing.
0: So, that's, and that, again, that doesn't win in the playoffs. And that's in a division again, where the Marlins, I think are going to be a pest for them because the Marlins are going to keep the score low for the most part. Like they pitch well. It's part of the reason why I think the Marlins have handled the Phillies over the last year. That's why I think the the Braves, when they're pitching is, is going right, they could be a problem for them. I I just, I just don't love, I don't love and the Mets don't get me started. I mean, the Mets can carve them up. They just no hit them. They can continue to do that. Um, so no matter who you have on your offense, good pitching always beats good hitting. And I mean, it's just not sustainable that way, I don't think.
1: And there and there might be people in the comments who say, well, there have been teams historically that have been able to hit their way through championships, maybe with a bad defense, maybe with a – because the starting pitching is – like, each individual player I do kind of like. Like, I love Zach Wheeler. Aaron Nola, you know, we still think Aaron Nola is a good pitcher. It, yeah. Ranger Suarez is a good pitcher. Kyle Gibson is decent. And Zach Eflin has – his numbers are actually great, like his advanced stuff is great. I mean, I test you look at Zach Efflin, you're like, Yeah, he's pretty good. So I'll side with pretty good. He's pretty good. So they have a they have a deeper rotation, but then like each individual guy also has his issues. Is is Ranger Suarez
0: giving you seven shutouts, right? Like, no,
1: like and, not in the playoffs. Like Ranger Suarez sinks. against the Dodgers in the playoffs. Actually, Dodgers don't hit lefties that well. Bad example. Still, but Still, I mean, still, what do you think's gonna happen, Philly? Let's be honest with each other right now.
0: Yeah, you you get Wheeler game one. Okay, yeah, but whoever he's pitching against is gonna be just as good. Game two, Noah, Noah's fine, like he's a good two. But I promise, whoever
1: else you're playing in the playoffs will have a better number two. Think about this. Let's just go through it. Nola versus Logan Webb or Carlos Rodon. Nola versus Brandon Woodruff. Nola versus Max Scherzer. Like these, you're just they're you're not winning these games unless by some freakazoid happens that or it's not freakish that the offense is rolling at the time, but it has, that's the only way it's going to happen. The yeah. offense has to be the best in baseball and rolling come playoff time. And
0: it's just, it's just going to take too many things timed up at the right time. What I will say though, is the Phillies are going to go on their hot streak where their offense is clicking and, and gonna everyone's going to be like, oh!
1: taken out of context being like, they hate the Phillies. And they're going to go on a 13 game win streak. We said that at the beginning of the year, they're going to have these stretches where it's like, Wow, are the Phillies the best team in baseball? I can't wait. It's fun. It's (laughs) It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun to bet on them too because they're gonna go to roll. Those they're gonna score seven runs every
0: game. Harper and 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 Schwarber, they're gonna get hot at the same time. Like it's it's so predictable. It's so predictable. But they're not built for the playoffs. They're not built for one sixty two.
1: Now that we're saying it's so predictable, now you know what they're probably gonna go undefeated for the rest of the year. Their pitching is gonna be great. Their hitting's gonna be terrible, and they're gonna make the playoffs. (laughs) And D.D. And
0: Gregorius is winning a gold glove it's
1: short. <laughs> and so is Alec Boehm at third base. All right, let's move on to question number six. This is a great one. What are some good starter packs to buy on loop? Was on there for an hour last night and didn't know what to buy. That was asked by Bernstein Darien. On Twitter, our good friends at Loop, which you can find in the episode link description. We're buying trading cards nonstop. I freaking love it on Loop right now. All we're doing is trading. I was actually talking with some of my boys back home. We were on the phone just talking about, all right, which packs are we going to buy? Which packs are we going to buy? Because it's so constant and it's just fun all day long. So I'll throw that over to you because you really are the card guy. Yeah. So today, as you're
0: listening to this, finally, Bowman Baseball is out. I'd say 90% of sellers will have the Bowman baseball. So on that, you can be hunting, you know, Khalil Watson, George Valera, uh, Noel, Noel, uh, Matt McClane. Like there's so many players that you can be hunting in that, that uh, is super fun uh, in that, in that uh, checklist. And then also I'm a big fan of tops Chrome because it's cheaper as well. So whenever I'm, I don't feel like blowing a ton of money uh, on Bowman, although you can go packs, which that's the great part is you can just buy individual packs on loop. But 2021 Tops Chrome is one of my favorite because they have a really good list of rookies from last year. 2022 Chrome will be coming out soon as well. Uh, but if you're kind of browsing around and you're looking for something to open on the Loop app, I know it can kind of be intimidating. Like, what should I buy? All these sellers have so much product. I You can never go wrong with Bowman, ever, uh, especially if you're into prospects. You'll really like that. But Tops Chrome is probably one of the most underrated, and, and I'm a huge fan of that. So whether no matter the year, but 2021 tops Chrome is is awesome, and it, it's pretty cheap to rip. If you want to go super super cheap, there's 2021 tops baseball that I know a ton of people have, and then it, those are those are both awesome. Uh, or excuse me, 2022 tops baseball is out now too. So that's where you can get the Wander Franco rookies. Uh, potentially. And that's what everybody's hunting in 2022. Um, so can't go wrong with any of those, but tops Chrome and or Bowman baseball or Bowman draft you're in business uh,
1: and you'll have a lot of fun ripping it. I have had a blast doing it. I would like to say, what are my bold takes? Wander Franco wins the American league MVP. No. Hey, he's looking good. You no, know, the crazy thing about Wander Franco. And the other reason I wanted to bring him up is not only I want his card more than anything, <laughs> but he's not walking at all and he's doing everything else better and that's his forte is his great plate discipline and now he's able to take walks like that he's going to start taking pitches and it's over he's going to Uh-oh. hit 340 this year uh, and
0: it's it's unbelievable and he just keeps getting better and better and by the way one last note on wander somebody pulled out of a walmart pack so to show you that you never know what you can rip and open and pull on loop wander's one of one rookie card in a walmart pack a a, a $2 pack of cards. They pulled Wander's one of one. How much is that worth right now? No idea. No idea. It's going to go to auction. <laughs> what, like, what? It, give me, I mean, you got to tease me. What do you think? What could it be? It's, it, it's his top rookie. So it won't be as much as the Bowman, which went for like 200. It's got, it's probably going to be 60, 70, 80,000. Can you imagine? Out of a $2 just, pack.
1: Just chilling, eating dinner playing on the loop app, pull an 80 K thing for 10, two bucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump on that app at, right after I pulled some Riley green podcast. base
0: cards. I pulled some Riley green base cards yesterday. And, and I'm like thrilled about that on the As loop app. because
1: Riley green, no one's talking about him right now. He's still coming back from that injury and then he's going to come and he's going to be one of the best rookies in, in baseball. Yep. So let's keep going. Uh, we have three questions left. Number seven, which playoff hopeful pitching staff are you most concerned about? Ask by at bignate2144 on Instagram. So, Aram, I have two different ones. You might have taken one of them, you know, just you agreed with me or you just thought that it was a good idea. So, who's your first? Because I'll then break into my two, unless you take one. So, uh, I not that many playoff teams. I, I know that there's, only <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's only so many.
0: There's only so many. So I'll say, man, I know what you've got, and, and I'm excited to to get into that with you. Um, but I mean, the Cardinals going into this year was one that I was always concerned about. So that's kind of a cop out. Um, they need to do something. I literally wrote an article about that. Uh, Miles but, Michaelis is like good, though. Yeah, he but looks yeah, good, it. though. Yeah, uh, looks another Broward County boy. Um, but there's a few different angles I could take of this because the White Sox, I know you have, and I'm excited to hear you talk about that because – they concern the heck out of me. No,
1: I have another team Take but the, the Braves. I mean, the
0: Brave No, the Braves. Oh, yeah. I want to talk Braves, Braves because yeah, Charlie. I Braves. just watched Charlie Morton before we recorded. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm getting a little worried about Charlie Morton. Um, you know, because at first I'm like, okay, he broke his leg. You know, he's getting his literally getting his feet back under him. But also at the same time, man, like Charlie Morton's also getting up there. And if this isn't the year where he slows down, then it's probably going to be next year. <laughs> you know, so uh, looking at 38 year old Charlie Morton really struggle. Uh, it is a little bit concerning because we don't know what Mike Soroka is going to look like when he comes back and, and when he's going to come back. Uh, we don't know if Waskari Noah is going to really be able to be anything similar to what he was last year. He got demoted. Uh, you look at Ian Anderson. I'm not as worried about him. I think he's going to get going. But that's a little bit concerning. Kyle Wright has been a revelation, and that is huge. That is, I mean, if, if Kyle Wright wasn't doing what Kyle Wright was doing, I'd be slamming the panic button on the pitching situation right now. Uh, We were hoping friend of the podcast, Tucker Davidson would be, you know, shouldering a bit more of a load. They've only gone to him for two and two thirds. So it's a little bit suspicious concerning right there. I will say Bryce Elder has looked good in limited looks. I've I've liked what we've seen from Bryce Elder. And I know that was a question. I actually really do like what I've seen from Bryce Elder, Uh, but I'm getting cautiously a little bit concerned about this Braves pitching staff because outside of, Max Fried and the emergent Kyle Wright. I mean, do you really trust the rest of this rotation right now, Peter?
1: I've told you, I've said it before that I am worried that Ian Anderson is not going to take this ultimate leap up to being a two. I still will always believe in Max Fried because I think he's a freaking stud. I am slightly worried about Charlie Morton. And if Oscar Yanoa is not what we thought at all, can they get by with the combination of kind of Max Fried and Kyle Wright at this point, and Ian Anderson, of course. So with the top end, they can still win, but I understand for the depth that what the Braves kind of were built on, right. Is this depth, all those outfielders last year, the big bullpen that we thought they just had dudes coming up the pipe. Even they got rid of Freddie Freeman and got back Matt Olson. That wasn't a depth piece, but in just, they can replace like that. They got Ron and junior back, but now you really see it's not as deep as we thought. We're talking and, about the defending champs. Yeah. You know? The defending champs. And another team that's not as deep as we thought. At least I don't think so. And this is not because I'm concerned about the White Sox. Like, I don't think we even need to spend much time, though, because I think that's clearly obvious. Yeah. That's right. The, is they, that they, they're, they're like, is amazing. Trouble. But then they're throwing out Keiko and Vince Velasquez. I mean, what is this? The. The 2021 Padres where they're just throwing out Jake Arrieta, it's April. It's not August where all the arms are done. It's April. I know Lance Lynn is going to come back. So, but it's it's clear that the White Sox are a team where you need to be beep, beep, beep pitching. They need it now. But the team that's kind of on the, I, I guess, outside, because I shouldn't be that worried about them but I am like, I, I just am. And maybe the numbers wouldn't point towards it because as a rotation, their ERA is fine, but dude, like come playoff time is a combination of McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Corey Kluber, mm-hmm. Josh Fleming. You know, this guy, Chris Shame Boz as a sucks. Yeah. Boz is going to come back, but then again, he's a rookie. How many innings is he's going to throw? Patino is another guy not a rookie, but young guy whose innings are going to be capped a little bit. I know that they're going to get boss back and McClanahan is awesome. And Rasmussen has even proved that he's pretty good. I'm just, I don't feel like this Rays pitching unit has the same, you know, heat as it normally does where every single dude is throwing a hundred and you never heard of these guys. Like I watch them. I'm like, you know, they're pretty good. They, I guess the main point of it is as a Yankee fan, the Rays scare me every single game we face them when I'm watching them face the Yankees versus not, I'm not as scared. I guess that's my main point of this is I'm not as afraid of the Rays pitching as in prior years.
0: So I look at the Rays and like on the surface, I I, I could see that, you know, I could see the concern, especially with the rotation, but I, I'm a firm believer in Rasmussen now. I really I am. Too. Uh, yeah. And and that bullpen right now for the race has been freaking insane, yeah, insane. They're always good. they're the number one uh, bullpen in F four right now. Uh, I believe they're number one or two, maybe only behind the uh, the Giants and the. But Dodgers. they
1: accumulate so much war because of the starters, and it's always relievers in there, bro. Like, it's just I know, always
0: relievers, and they do it like they do it. And and I know. I, the third in ERA, uh, they're second in FIP. Yeah, that's so why they don't need the starters to do too much. So I look at it and I'm like, OK, you just need Rasmussen to go five. You just need Boz to go five. And then McClanahan looks like he's Colby Olsen just put out an awesome article on McClanahan. How he's a certified ace. I, I do think that there's a level of concern, uh, you know, across the whole season. Right. Like, how are they going to keep up with the Blue Jays, the Yankees? Uh, and, and how are they going to do that when when those teams have pretty much a a guy that can go deep every fifth day. And I feel like every fourth day with the Rays, we're like, how are they piecing together nine innings today? But they always piece it together. That's the thing. So it, it's tough. I understand the concern, but I also am like their bullpen's dominating still at the same level and the rotation is is solid. But I do see a little bit more vulnerability than in, in previous years. And they, you know, an injury or two and
1: things could, could get ugly. The way I thought about it was when they said playoff, Rotations, right? So I was thinking about playoff teams, then I was thinking about in the playoffs. And my first thought was if Shane McClanahan goes down, are they not kind of screwed? No, that that's a big one. And game two, Drew Rasmussen versus you know kind of back to
0: the NOLA point.
1: Yeah, it's I'm not but again, you only, not you only need they're four. You only need four. They're still five. producing well. Like in April, I'm not saying that this is a bad rotation and it's not to the White Sox standard or the Braves. I just looked at the roster from the eye test, from trying to understand where they'll be at in the playoffs, thinking to myself, I'm not as scared about the Rays as previous years. That's how I felt. Is that they love that? They want, they it. They that. want you. They to want They want me that. to be afraid. And you know what? I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid, Rays. <laughs> I'm not afraid anymore, dicks. You're going to you're gonna, oh, you're gonna, so you're gonna regret they, that one. I know they yeah, beat the shit out of me with Jeffrey Springs, and I'm like, who the fuck is Jeffrey <laughs> Springs? But he's got a 145 expected batty effort to get, and he shoves. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to believe I'm it. I'm believing. <laughs> I, I, I think they can hold it up, but I think the biggest
0: thing is, can McClanahan shoulder a full season load, uh, and then how does Boz look when he comes back? If if those two things go the right way. I could be eating fine. my
1: words in, yeah. in a couple of weeks. Uh, exactly. Let's move to number eight. And this is a draft question, taking you back a little bit to prospects, not even minor league prospects. How about college and high school baseball? Who is your favorite pitcher in this year's draft? Asked by at D-C-T-O-R-P-Y, Dr. P, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, (laughs) 16 on Twitter. Arm, who's your favorite pitcher in this year's draft? Because I have mine, he's a high school guy. I don't know if you have a different college guy or maybe yeah. a different high school guy. Well, uh,
0: unfortunate that Lesko went down because I think, you know, far On and away Lesko. the most talented arm. Don Lasko is far and away the most talented arm, I think, out of the whole draft class. He's still going to go extremely early. Yeah. Um, it my. my I even talked to my former coach uh, in high school who coaches a summer team, uh, now in South Florida and, and they faced Lesko and he said he's as talented of a, you know, a high school arm as he's seen. Uh, wow. but, I, yeah, like he is, he is incredible. and it, I, I'm very interested to see where he goes. I I'd assume he's still, we're seeing guys still go early and we're seeing guys still get drafted, you know, off of the Tommy John, everyone gets but, Tommy John. Yeah. It's like, it's like a to right of you. No, not at all. Not at no, all. I, but Connor jerpy of Oregon state. Mm. I, I'm a fan of Connor jerpy. So he throws from this weird through like low three quarters, almost high, high, like sidearm, left-handed release point similar to Chris sale fastball in the low nineties disgusting slider. If you're lefty, you don't have a chance. And then he's developing feel for the changeup. And so this changeup fades away from righties. The slider is disgusting. He's over at Oregon state. He's really good. I think people are going to see him more on a larger stage as, as we get further into the college baseball postseason. season uh, Connor Jerpy could be a guy that flies up the boards very soon uh, for this coming draft.
1: Jerpy's another reason why I loved Oregon state. Yeah. Um, my, my player, my player is a high school pitcher. His name is Brock Porter. He's out of, he's in the Michigan area. He's like a six four, 200 pound righty. Throws like 95 to 97 miles an hour. I was actually, I first got word of him through our mock draft that Ryan Miller wrote on just baseball.com that mock draft 2.0 is coming soon, yeah. but he was really high on Brock Porter. And then I did some digging. I just love his stuff. Like I said, mid to high 90s fastball with some run to it. He throws from this over-the-top, really herky-jerky angle. Honestly, the mechanics make me think that there could be some injury concerns within his future. But if we're talking about straight stuff, projectability, this guy is long, lanky, and he already has two really good off-speed pitches. Like, all of his stuff is so freaking electric and... If they can tone down the mechanics a little bit, because it is kind of like, uh, 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 you know, but it's it's over the top and the action is crazy. I'm a big believer in this guy, Brock Porter out of Michigan high school. I'm probably going to go in the first round.
0: So we've been trademarking Jack McMullen analytics, which uh, this is a Jack McMullen analytics type thing. Brock Porter just sounds like a power arm, right? Like, yeah, like that. That's a, that's like Jack likes flip glasses as a reason to Big like much. Yeah. Brock Porter sounds yeah. like a guy who just throws fuzz and will blow yeah. it by you. So exactly th- the Jack Analytics trademark, he, he checks that box.
1: Mm-hmm. He has the dog in him. The dog 100%. in him. The dog in him. X All right, dog let's, in him. Let's move on to our last question of the podcast, which is kind of hilarious. And I had to do some digging. Are the Reds the worst team ever? Asked by atlion dash forest on Twitter. Are um, the 1932 Red Sox started seven and thirty-five? The 1952 Pirates started five and twenty-eight. The 1988 Orioles started. Oh, and 21. That's the craziest. Their first 21 games to start the 1988 season. And the 2003 Tigers most recently started three and 25. And in 2004, they got the second pick of the draft and selected Justin Verlander. Worth it. (laughs) So this is not the worst team ever. But if you could gain any positives from these reds and what did they start the season at? What are they right now? Three and 19. I mean, we're, we're recording on Tuesday. They might be, you know, they just got John Endia back though. Don't worry um is, is he back ion. though i saw he was on the 10 day dl this morning is he back is he back
0: i don't know i thought he was supposed to come back i thought i saw no, yeah that. i think
1: i think he's back i think but
0: back. that's a team that i i have just not Like it's sad it i know but, i haven't been following but they're they're worth watching like i'll tune in when when green's on the bump when ladola's on the bump but you know yeah right now it's it's rough i i, I did a dig in watching who am i watching arm i want to watch two players. those two guys that's those two guys those two guys they're interesting to watch but A team that that certifiably stunk, even though they had some decent names on their team. The 2013 Astros went 51 and 111. (laughs) This was their lineup. Jason Castro at catcher. Chris Carter, legend. Um, Jose Altuve, but he was 23 and he had a 678 OPS that year. Jonathan Villar at 22 years old, 640 OPS. (laughs) He was hitting fourth? Yeah. Matt Dominguez, Matt Dominguez, who was a
1: former. Oh no, this person, can't be their lineup. This can't be the how they lined up because Chris Carter hit second and Jose Altuve. No, third. no, this is like the players. Okay, this is the players. I was like, this is the craziest constructed lineup I've ever heard.
0: But played. you know, you can mix and match all these guys. They're all seven under seven hundred OPS. Except the, 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 the highest OPS of all these names I'm about to list for you is Jason Castro. Um, so who was the catcher? Uh, J.D. Martinez at 25 years old had a 650 OPS. Brandon Barnes had a 6.35 OPS. L.J. Hose, uh, which is one of my one of one of the coolest names, his, his jersey literally said Hose H-O-E- <laughs> H-O-E-S. Uh, He he was one of their better players, which is crazy. And Carlos Pena, 35 years old, who just couldn't hit a lick. Uh, this is one of the worst teams ever assembled. And I, I do think that the Reds can finish better than this. Their ace was a 25 year old Dallas Keuchel with a 5.15 ERA, uh, and or Bud Norris
1: with a 393 ERA. He was their best statistical oh, pitcher. Oh jeez. Bud Norris was their best statistical pitcher. He's one of the worst eye test pitchers of all time.
0: Bud Norris.
1: Just eye tests like Dylan Bundy. I mean Dylan Bundy isn't actually that bad but just eye test guys. Guys, Johan Adon right now is my number one eye test sucks dude. John, like and Bud Norris fell into he, that. He fails every test, I think. Johan Aidon's yeah, every test. He went to Cal Poly
0: <laughs> State University. Uh Bud Norris did. Where's San Luis uh, Obispo, Cali boy? Where's that? What did what did you just try and pronounce? <laughs> San Luis Obispo, San Luis Obispo? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's two hours north of me. That's like Cal Poly Slow. You know, San, Cal Poly Slow. San, that's literally
0: where um San, San Luis Obispo. That's a San Luis, San Luis Ob- Obispo.
1: <laughs> slow, well, we call it Slow for short. Slow. Um, why am I forgetting? Uh, oh, how could I forget? Brooks Lee. That's where Brooks Lee is right now. Cal oh, oh then. So legends come out of there. Legends. Spencer Howard, another legend. <laughs> Spencer Howard.
0: <laughs> it was oh really good for
1: Cal Poly Slow. But just to wrap it up, give you some bright points on the Reds. We just talked about a Tyler Malley. I am buying him in fantasy. We talked about that on Not Gambling Advice. Tyler Malley has the worst ERA in baseball at 6.45. His expected ERA is 2.87. Brighter days are ahead for Tyler Malley. We know, arm that Tyler Malley could not pitch at Great American Ballpark. Most of his starts this year have been at Great American Ballpark. Like, There's a lot of things to look up to. You know, Luis India's, Castillo comes back. Luis Castillo's come back. Lodolo Green is great. I mean, you got all these prospects, they, too. They can't be it's that just, bad. They're they're and good Mato enough. Tower Stevenson.
0: Tower Stevenson just came back. This team's not good. Don't get me wrong. They're probably one of the, if not the worst team in baseball, but they're not historically bad.
1: They're not historically. None bad. of those teams we a mentioned, bad start. had Luis
0: Castillo. None of them had a Hunter Green, even a young one. None of them had a young Nicololo. None of them had the defending rookie of the year and a good ke- Like this team isn't good, but they're not historically bad. So I guess the answer from us is. No,
1: they're not the worst team ever. Yay. They are not the worst team ever. I thought it was crazy. The 1988 Orioles started 0 and 21. Imagine you. You're you imagine after the lockout. Imagine after the lockout. Just think about it. Just close your eyes for a second while you're listening to the end of this podcast. Your favorite team is finally back. Stupid owners open the checkbook and you finally have baseball back. And your team loses the first 21 games of the season. I know the Reds have only won three or four, but. All of them, all of, all
0: of them. them, not one win, <laughs> not one. I, at that point, I think I'd root for the L every time. Like just, just for the meme, like just, just, just cause it's funny. <laughs>
1: but, and, and so that'll do it for Wednesday's episode of the just baseball show. Get your just baseball merch. That's in our episode link description. Join our chalkboard. That's our big baseball group chat. We're talking baseball all day long. That's in there as well. And go download the loop app. The app is in our episode description as well. You click on that link. Let us know that we sent you to them. Anything else? Before we Uh, go. Great
0: interview coming up on the call up uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this, it will be coming out tomorrow. We had Robert Hassel III, uh, our 24th overall prospect in baseball. Uh, You know, one of the best prospects in the Padre system behind only CJ Abrams. Awesome interview. Really cool guy super talented. Uh, So check out that interview on the column. And with that, thank you, everybody.